And welcome to the latest edition of the Sports Roundtable on May 28th, 2019, being brought to you by Three Guys Fitness in Reedsville. Mention you heard this ad on 96.7 K Country and receive $5 off your initial membership fee by Shortcuts in Morgantown, the closest camp, the closest barbershop to the downtown WVU campus with $12 haircuts on Tuesday and by Brouhaha located on Price Street here in Kingwood where the coffee beans are roasted in-house and the coffee is absolutely delicious. Kelly, we took a week off last week. We... Kind of took a little vacation there, but we're back now. We got a full uh, story loaded show. We do, and I'm looking forward to it again, as always, Aaron. And uh, before we even get started too much, show we got to give Aaron a little ribbon here on the sports roundtable. Uh, he talked to us about how good he was at cornhole, and uh, I guess it was kind of the same way whenever we had the uh, the sports blitz that uh, Aaron come in with. Uh, you know, he's young; he's a young man at WVU, and he's a college student and he told us how good he was going to be on his picks unfortunately he got last place so then we heard about uh, how good you was at cornhole and uh so neil waldeck and myself we took up on the challenge of knowing that we was facing very stiff competition with you and your partner and uh with that being said though uh aaron i'm sorry but uh you got last place again to be fair i hadn't played cornhole in almost a year and the football games are my first year so honestly i will make a pick i will make a comeback this year on the sports blitz and i will not finish in last this year i didn't say where i was going to finish but i will not finish in last it was all in good fun i'm not really picking on aaron at all he does a great job and i Thanks to Aaron Host again for his work that he does here at WKMM. He's doing so much behind the scenes that nobody knows about. And, Aaron, you're very appreciated, but we just wanted to pick on you a little bit and have some fun. So uh, it's always, again, truly an honor and a privilege to come and talk sports with you. Uh, I appreciate you and uh, thank the world of you. So uh, just a little ribbon and have some fun here on the sports roundtable before we really get truly started within the subjects that we'll discuss tonight. And it is honestly all in true fun. But let's talk about the Mountaineers uh, at our little uh thing we were having on saturday we had the mountaineer game one while we were playing cornhole and the mountaineers were able to beat texas tech that night to advance to the championship game on sunday they're unable to come away with their first championship victory since 1996 when they won it in the big east but they did snap another streak they were able to bring a ncaa regional tournament to morgantown since the first time since the 1950s. 1955. Uh, absolutely wonderful job by Coach Maisie and the Mountaineers this year. I've been excited all year. I know we've been talking about it here in the Sports Roundtable. Coach Randy Maisie is a phenomenal coach. To come into an East Coast team, uh, you know, cold weather, they have to go on the road early in the season every year. And to end up with a winning record in the Big 12, going in as number four seed, and to end up going to the championship and to defeat Texas Tech, a top 10 team, four out of six times. Now, I myself, uh, I can even say that I, I had a hard time believing that West Virginia could win that night two to nothing. We're talking about two freshman pitchers uh, in a Big 12 tournament with the double elimination format. Uh, there's no doubt that our pitching was depleted. We had no idea. As a matter of fact, Coach Randy Maisie, uh let his starting pitcher, who is a freshman, um, 
know on the team bus actually going to the game. So this freshman comes in, pitches one hit ball for over five innings. Another freshman, Zach Ottinger, comes in and pitches, gives up no hits over the last four innings. So two freshman pitchers for the Mountaineers combined on a one-hitter as West Virginia defeated Texas Tech 2 to nothing that night on Saturday night to go into the championship against Oklahoma State, who we defeated two out of three during the regular season. However, we ended up 2-2 two and two against Oklahoma State with that 5-2 loss in the championship. But most people who was uh, pro- pronosticating basically said that if we would make it to that Big 12 title game, that we'd have a great shot at hosting a regional. That was the case, so getting to that championship was huge, even though we lost Oklahoma State. However, with the four out of six wins against Texas Tech, two and two against Oklahoma State, West Virginia went six and four against two top ten teams, which gave them that good shot at the number 15 seed overall because the top 16 teams host regional. So we have that 15 seed right now uh, in the whole tournament, and we will be hosting Fordham is the first team that we will be playing Friday night, this Friday night at 8 p.m. approximately, and that's following the Duke and Texas A&M game, which is also uh, in Morgantown. So I am definitely looking forward to it. We've already saw that the pitching matchup has been set as far as the Mountaineers go. Nick Snyder, their midweek starter who started against Kansas in the Big 12 tournament. Didn't pitch as well as he had all year, but uh, pitched well enough that the Mountaineers got that win against Kansas early in the first game of the Big 12 tournament. And then our ace, Alec Manoa, will go on Saturday against either the winner or the loser of the Texas A&M and Duke game, depending again on what we do against Fordham, who, by the way, is the Atlantic 10 champions, uh, is Fordham. And that's who we, again, will be playing, and Nick Snyder will be our starter on that first game. So I'm really looking forward to this. Morgantown's a buzz right now. Uh, you don't usually hear that unless we're talking Mountaineer football or Mountaineer basketball. So And they've already delayed the tickets for I've the general that public until, to Wednesday. Until tomorrow, yes. We're doing this on Tuesday right now. and uh, So I, I got a feeling that most of the alumni, most of our uh, big donors, will probably have uh, first digs at that. And to be honest with you, I don't see a whole lot of tickets being left. By the time that's all said and done. Oh, and then one thing that's uh, baffling my mind right now is apparently the students, if you have your student ID, you're allowed into the WVU game for free. I don't know how much room is going to be left because I have a feeling even though a lot of the students left, there will be decent amount of students. To, they may have to turn some students away and say, hey, we don't got room for them. Well, well I, it depends on the fire marshal because there's no doubt, however many that they're allowed in Morgantown Ballpark, there will be standing room only, and there is a lot of room to stand, but... Also, I know they got a lot of stuff to sell on that grass. Yeah, and but the fire marshal has a certain limit, and I don't know what that limit is when it comes to that. But they will only allow in so many people. But there's no doubt in my mind that they will set a record for attendance uh, during this regional starting on Friday night. And this is something that's unprecedented for WVU baseball, as you've never heard this amount of buzz around the team, and it's been building ever since Randy Mazey came. He's built a base. He's built the basement, and now the house is being finished, and he's turning West Virginia into a perennial contender every year. No doubt about it, uh, Aaron. And, and like I said, I really look forward to uh, this regional. Um, you know, of course, if they get through this regional, then they'll be down to the um, final 16 teams, and that's how it works. you got 16 uh, regionals, and then you those uh, the winner of each of those regionals will be uh, – then they'll host. So if the higher seed 
would win, then they would continue to host. So it don't look good for if we win that first regional because we're the 15th seed. That means there would have to be at least seven or eight upsets uh, in other regionals for us to host a second round. So that's not likely. However, if we get down to the final 16 teams and have that chance then to go, and after that it goes to a two out of three format. So if West Virginia comes out of this regional in Morgantown, uh, more than likely if the seeds hold true, Vanderbilt is the number overall two seed and we would be playing Vanderbilt, and that would be at best two out of three. Um, again, Vanderbilt's uh, got a lot of college-rich tra- tradition in college baseball. and But, again, we got to do our part first. Vanderbilt has to do theirs. So that's looking ahead. But uh, more than likely, though, if we would come out of this regional, we would go on the road most likely, though, to Vanderbilt if the seeds hold up. And this has to help uh, Randy Mays when he goes on to the recruiting trail this year. He can say, hey, look, look how much, look how packed this ballpark can get. Look at where it was and look where I've brought it now. You can be a part of it now. How a guy like Alec Manoa, who I saw is now projected in a bleacher report standing to go to the New York Mets. I think at number 11. Number 11 or number 12? Number 11 or 12 pick. And uh, what I've heard so far, and I haven't looked at it in the last week or so, that he would be the third pitcher. Uh, taken off the board in the first round. So I don't know if that still holds true or not for what you've seen, but if he's picked in the 11th or 12th pick of the entire first-round draft. Something that's unheard of. We're talking, we're talking major money, which, again, he may be the highest pick ever as a Mountaineer. History being made this year, Montegilly County Ballpark, and history being made in terms of the Mountaineers in general, just in, just in the baseball sense. They set records for attendance this year. They snapped streaks. Alec Manoa had the single-season strikeout record. Darius Hill got the doubles record Did. for the Mountaineers. Which, by the way, he overcame a professional right now, which would be Jed Jerko. Uh, Jed Jerko that uh, played for University High, local kid right out of Morgantown, uh, went to the major leagues and has made a made a name for himself. And, and he's become a pirate basher as far as that goes as well. He's a, definitely a thorn in the pirate side. He has been. and uh, So, yeah, Jed Jerko uh, held that record in the doubles. And Darius Hill has been playing and starting since he was a freshman. So, yeah, he's he got the doubles record. And uh, Alex, Alec Manoa is just phenomenal. And uh, he's... Uh, he he's a stud out there on the mound, and you know for him to basically do what he did this year against Texas Tech and both of his starts against one of the most powerful offenses in the country, he ended up two and zero against them. The one game he had fifteen strikeouts, um, and he he just pitched phenomenal this year. And so really looking forward to it again. And uh, I, I believe that Nick Snyder will will pitch well against Fordham and bring us into day two uh, against the winner of Texas A and M and Duke and. Uh, Mr. Manoa is on the mound, and also the other stat is West Virginia this year at home in Morgantown Ballpark is 17-5. and five. So that, that looks good for us right now. It makes me feel better because when I started to get interested in WVU baseball, which is when they first built Montegoe County Ballpark, they had like a 2-7 and seven record of me going. They only won two games of me going all the time. Now I'm on like a five-game winning streak of me watching them play. Well, there you go. I can't remember, actually, to be honest with you. Now the last time that they lost that I've been there, I only got the chance this year to make it to two, but they won both of those games. They was both non-conference games. The first one was Youngstown State, the second one being Pitt. Uh, but it was a big game, and at that time it was the attendance record. I was a part of that. But I believe the following weekend against Oklahoma, I believe it was, it was broken uh, very quickly. So, but That's it, but, the game I went to. Well, that was Texas there. Tech. Well, there you go. Texas Tech. Okay. Texas Tech, they set the attendance record. I know it was the, the following weekend. Saturday or, night game. Yep. Yeah. So either way, you know, the Mountaineer fans are coming out to the ballpark. And uh, so I'm looking forward to it as well. And I was hoping to go to a regional 
myself. However, don't look real good when it comes to getting a ticket, especially now that we here at WKMM uh, have something planned. And uh, uh, owner at the radio station here is uh, treating us to uh, a night in Pittsburgh, and we will be going down to uh, PNC Park on Friday night to watch the Pirates play the Milwaukee Brewers. And I think that might be a time that you might say this is the time that we transition. Definitely. Yeah, he caught my cue there. So let's transition to the Pittsburgh Pirates and so much to talk about them in terms of their inconsistencies, what they need going forward. The Dallas Keuchel rumors are flying, and I want to tell you, just smash them right now because the Pirates will not be signing this guy. Well, I didn't know anything about it until I came in and and had conversation with you and Neil here prior to our coming on to do the podcast. But uh, uh, there's no doubt, even to be honest with you, I mean, I saw his name and saw his stats, and uh, but I didn't even know how to pronounce his last name. So you proved to me by talking to Siri there on your old iPhone that his last name is Keiko. I thought it was Kutchel or Kuchel. So either way, uh, Dallas Keiko, if, if that would be the case, and those rumors are out there, uh, you, know, you always got to wait and see because rumors are just that. But uh, Yankees I, had a professional workout with him. So if any, if there's any team that's on the hot seat with him, well, it's the Yankees that are going after him. Well, there's no doubt that I know that the Pirates aren't one to get their their pocketbooks out or their wallet or whatever you want to call Bob it. Bob Nutting. Yeah, you're, you're not going to see it very often. So more than likely, if there's other teams out there and basically if it becomes a bidding war, then you're probably right, Aaron. The, the Pirates just aren't a team that's going to be able to outbid someone. Bob for, Nutting. Well, I, I can I understand he is the owner, and uh, I've seen some things on some message boards that basically they're asking Mr. Nutting why, if he's not going to pay the money for the players, why he doesn't sell to someone else. And I can tell you that. And I've signed we, that petition. Well, one of the things that I can say about that is most people who've ever wanted to buy the Pirates over the years since I've been young, uh, they've wanted to move them, and I think that's one of the biggest issues. So finding a buyer that would keep them in Pittsburgh because nobody wants to see the Pirates leave Pittsburgh. I mean, they are a tradition rich team even though they have not won a world series since 1979 i don't think that anybody wants to see the pirates including me i don't want to see the pirates move out of pittsburgh and uh, um so if there is a buyer who would be interested it would have to be you know someone who is willing to keep them in pittsburgh but is it at a way now where the pirates are so far decimated that it's ruined the tradition of pirates baseball even in pittsburgh would you rather see the pirates go to a place wherever and become the next best thing, or would you rather see the Pirates stay in Pittsburgh and continue to be in laughing stock of baseball and hoping for a mediocre season where they have a chance at the playoffs? I would rather see them go somewhere and win the World Series, knowing, hey, that used to be the Pittsburgh Pirates, and have a chance years down the road that maybe Pirates or something will come back. I just think it takes the aura away, though. I mean, as far as knowing that the city of Pittsburgh is what we want to see, we want to see a championship, another World Series in Pittsburgh, because I was 10 years old, so I'm 50. That means it's been, because this is 2019, which means it's been 40 years since the Pirates have even been to a World Series, but they did win it that year. It came back from a 3-1 deficit against the Baltimore Orioles. But, no, I want to see the Pirates win one in Pittsburgh. But So we're assuming that we can't win because of the fact that we don't have anybody with enough money to pay the players. And, I, and I'm always – that's one of the biggest beefs, something we haven't talked a whole lot about here on the, the Sports Roundtable. I think maybe we brought it up one time, I believe, Aaron, when your dad was here um, – when we made some predictions in uh, uh, kind of preseason uh, Major League Baseball. But until they have a salary cap where each team is on equal terms with money, the same way of the NBA and the NFL, uh, until you get somebody with lining in their pockets 
uh, an owner that has money and is willing to spend it, then it's going to be hard to compete. But for me personally, because there's not that competitive balance, uh, there's there's not. So that's the. That's why I think that we root for the small market teams. I mean, anybody who has their team that they root for, and a lot of people are New York Yankee fans, and even the Yankees with all the money that they've had over the years have had struggles here recently over the last you know, 20 years as far as being that consistent winner. Um, but yet it's fun to see and root for the underdog. And I think that's why I was kind of rooting for Milwaukee last year because even though they're in the Pirates division, you want to root for the teams in your own division. Uh, you know, Milwaukee don't have a lot of money. In There's, a sense, you want to uh, root for them. Because of the fact that they have you know, a team that is, say, 25th or whatever on a payroll compared against uh, a team that's first through 10, one through 10, you're always going to – me personally, I'm going to root for that team that has less money because it's, that's, those teams are truly underdogs. Well, what about the owners? Because Bob Nutting, I mean, I'm not one to look at the Forbes thing. I'm not, I do, I'm not been too particularly fond of Bob Nutting. And I'll admit, yeah, I did sign a petition. That petition didn't go anywhere. Hundreds of thousands of people signed that petition. It didn't go anywhere. But that guy is worth something. He's worth more than what he's putting into that team. To me, it's almost like a gambler. Uh, you know, well, yeah, if you, I, if you risk it, I yeah. understand if you put too much money in and then the pirates don't produce, then he goes from having that bank to where he doesn't have any money at all. And then, so I understand him in a way, but when McCutcheon signs a four year, $66 million deal and you can't tell me you couldn't afford that or Josh Harrison or Jordy Mercer go somewhere and sign $4 million deals. And you're saying you can't afford that. And you give your biggest signing to Lonnie Chisenhall, who, by the way, I'm pretty sure was just put on a 60-day DL. It tells me that you are not at least going out and getting somebody because there's people out there that you could spend money on. There's, I'm not saying you had to go out and get a Dallas Keuchel, but there were people out there that you could have got. Jose Iglesias, the guy who roughed up Mitch Keller in the game in Mitch Keller's debut, hit the Grand Slam. He was a guy the Pirates were talking to, but the Pirates didn't go after him. The Reds outbid him, but the amount of money he signed for shouldn't have been nothing to scare the Pirates, I would think. Well, like I said, if he was a gambling man and willing to gamble a little bit, because some, you know the old saying is it takes money to make money. So if he's willing to go out on the limb and have the money and, and put it on the line, uh, then there's always that possibility that if you, you – know, get it players in there that you're paying that they could turn it around and they could win the world series. And when you win the world series, you make money. It's the bottom line. I mean, every owner's in this business for one reason money, and that's to make money. I mean, whether we want to believe that or not, I mean, we as fans, we sit back and we watch our teams play, but they are in this for a reason. If there was and, money that wasn't involved, this game wouldn't have lasted. And exactly. And that's the sad thing. And I'm not one to get off subject or anything, but it's the sad thing. This world's coming to everything, everything, everybody and everything has a bottom line. And that's a dollar sign. Everybody it has does. a dollar sign. And some people say they won't sell for something, but they'll sell if that number's right. Well, for me personally, again, I got to say that it seems to me that ownership right now is content with being Mediocre. 500. Yes. Mediocre. Going 500 or being just above 500, uh, saying that they put a winning team on the field if you go 82 and 80. 
Um, well, yeah, the Pirates went 20 years without winning, without having a winning and, season. Now that's our benchmark? Well, it shouldn't season? be. Absolutely not. I mean, we as fans, we're never going to settle for that. We shouldn't. Uh, but I think that sometimes ownership gets to that point, that if they're making just enough money to stay afloat or above, uh, then they're content. But the fans never will be. And that's always going to be the fans' game. And as I said again early on the Sports Roundtable, again, when your father was here, Aaron, until – you know, the fans, if the fans quit coming to Pittsburgh to go to games, if they don't settle for mediocrity, then basically they're not going to have enough money to pay anybody anything if the fans quit coming. So the game is the fans. There's no doubt about it. It's the fans that put uh, you know, their their butts in the seats is what brings money to the owners. So, you know, the only thing I can say is if they don't want to settle for mediocrity, then don't go to the game. <laughs> well, and that and that's the one thing I can still can say. The fans aren't going. I mean, if you look in the last, I mean, yes, if you want to really want to split hair, fans are going to it. But in 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 all reality, the amount of decline in in people that's going has been on a steady decline. It to has. where if I was Bob Nutting, I would say, hey, maybe these fans don't settle for mediocrity. They saw where this team could go back when the McCutcheon and Alvarez and all these and AJ Burnett and Russell Martin took them clear to the DS and was on the brink of going to the CS that year when they were unable to overcome Michael Walker. Now, one thing talking about the Pirates and Mitch Keller getting roughed up. Mitch Keller was sent down today, so well, he had he had his shot and. Well, He's not ready. Well, right now the Pirates are doing everything they can. They're making all kind of moves trying to bring people in as far as starters, yeah, mirror, and, starters and, and relievers. They're trying to mix and match. They're trying to find the right – I mean, they started Feliz the other night as well, and he got blasted for five runs in two-thirds of an inning. But, again, this is something I spoke on a podcast. The fact that the Pirates, with all the decimating injuries right now, are still 26-26, and 26, and as we speak right now, they're down one to nothing to the Cincinnati Reds. And Cincinnati is a team that the Pirates are going to have to beat if they want to be above 500, and that's a team in the division that they've got to get wins against. And uh, so right now they got tonight's game as well as tomorrow before they go into the series with Milwaukee, which, again, we will be there in Pittsburgh at PNC Park on Friday night. So... Uh, um, but right now, the fact that they are 26 and 26, to be honest with you, Aaron, amazes me. As, as bad as they've been roughed up, as you said, and I always tell you that it doesn't matter if they lose 17 to 2 or 1 to nothing. A loss is a loss. A win is a win. But the fact that they have scratched out 26 wins and 26 losses right now and are at 500 at this point in the season, um, I am literally amazed because uh, I don't know how they're doing it. I mean, there is times that they can't pitch at all. Uh, when they win, you know, they, they're winning a lot of times a one- or two-run game. But when they're losing, like you said before, they're, they're getting, getting blasted. blasted. They are literally getting blasted. And, you know, at times they look like a little league team. And then they come out the next night. But right now, I can tell you why they're 26-26, and 26, and it's one player right now. And his name is? Josh Bell. Josh Bell. Josh Bell is playing as good a baseball right now as a Pittsburgh Pirate. Who tied as- Willie Stargell's record for 51 total bases. 51 total bases as in a month in a month okay uh in one month but right now the, the kid is hitting the ball from both sides of the plate he's a switch hitter uh we always said he couldn't hit home runs right-handed he's he's proven this year he that he can hit the uh, uh, he's hit uh five or six i don't know how many exactly but um i'm just guessing i know he's hit at least five uh right-handed this year so he's proven he can hit the ball from both sides of the plate and right now he is literally just tearing up the pitchers uh and the, the kid is just on on fire he has hit two that now has landed in, in the, the Al- in the Allegheny First River. First player ever to do that. First player to ever do that. And uh, so in the air, not on a bounce, 
And, and it's not about and how in far. A season, not yeah. not it, not absolutely. not just in one year. Right. He's done it in a season yeah. and in a month, actually. Actually, within two weeks, I believe. Yeah, within so two I week mean, period, he hit two that uh, landed in. But and again, it's not always about how far you can hit him because we can. Uh, but the fact of where his average is at right now, he has basically carried the Pirates on his back offensively, uh, and with the inconsistency of the pitching and uh, and the defense. No, we are as unstable pitching-wise as any team in baseball. This team is unstable in every facet of the game. They could go from looking from like a little league team to looking like they have the 79 World Series team back on the field defensively. So, And then you're talking offensively. Josh Bell is carrying him. What happens when he goes cold? Well, I mean, and- yeah, Melky Cabrera's hitting 300. Frazier's hitting a decent amount. I mean, you do have players hitting for average. Well- well, the, the player for me right now, I mentioned the pitcher that Brian actually was. Reynolds. Well, it, it, you're exactly right. Reynolds is the player that right now, too, that I think that uh, is basically really helping the Pirates because nobody expected that. Uh, when Dickerson went down, nobody knew who Reynolds was, really. They knew that they got him in a trade, and I'm sure everybody had to look that up to find out where he came from Your trade once he came up. up. He he did. He came in the McC- uh, was it McCutcheon trade. Who's looking like a genius now? Neil Huntington is. Well, when, Huntington. It, when it comes to that right now, but again, we only – Say that whenever the player is playing well. Who's so, the, who's the second player to come in that trade? Uh, you tell me. Kyle Crick. Kyle Crick is to me the most consistent uh, reliever right now out of the bullpen as well. So yeah, that looks good. And and right now the young kids is the. Uh, let's go back to the Melky Cabrera uh, comment that you just made. Right now we're seeing Reynolds playing left on most days as far as a starting lineup at the outfield. Reynolds is playing left, Marte in center, and Polanco in right. You got Cabrera that's coming, you know, filling in. Uh, you know, every three to four days or whatever as a starter. But the kid is hitting. Well, he's no longer a kid. You know, he's a veteran. But he is hitting uh, well over 300. And so you got Reynolds in there that's uh, hitting the ball well. So right now there's a lot of Pirates fans saying, how can you not play Cabrera on a daily basis? My question is to you, Aaron Host, who do you take out if you put Cabrera as an everyday outfielder, which he's definitely not a center fielder? I don't see him as a left fielder really either. I mean, if anywhere in the outfield that he's going to play, because you don't want a hindrance defensively, um, would be right field. But who do you take out of the rotation in outfield if you play Cabrera every day? Well, I may disagree with you on some points, but this one you're right. I would take out Marte. I would take out Marte, move Reynolds to center, move Cabrera over to left, and leave Polanco and right. Okay, now you're going to have Pirates fans that's going to be that come to you and say, Aaron, how would you take out a Gold Glover out of center field? Because he doesn't, he is not batting for average. He, yeah, he's defensively he's good, but you do got a good player. Do you take out offense or do you take out defense? Right good now question. we need offense. Right now we need offense. Has there been one game this year? I may be wrong. I don't know every score of the game. I'm not an encyclopedia. But every game we've won this year has probably been by at least four runs or less. I don't think we've blown one team out of the water. We've been blown out of the water. But every game we've won, we've won nine to five games. We've won nine to sixes. We've won 12 to eights. But we have not won a game where it's been like a 12 to four game or 12 to two. If I was going to take my own question and answer it, I too as well would say because, and I'm going to say it again, because of the undisciplined nature right now that starting Marte has at the plate. He is a free swinger. He swings at many things. If he connects, there's times he hits a home run and he looks great, but there's the undisciplined play at the plate. The undisciplined, I mean, he is 
truly swinging at balls in the dirt. There might be times he will strike out swinging at three pitches that wasn't even near the strike zone. Like I said, there's times that he might golf one out. and he. But overall, I think he is not disciplined at the plate. He's not disciplined on the base pass. There's many that I'm hearing now on some of the rumor boards that saying he's basically just waiting out his time in Pittsburgh so he can go and, and take his uh, playing elsewhere. Uh, I'm not sure of that. But I do know that if I had to choose that right now, and then if Cabrera would go to right, Polanco to left, and you put Reynolds in center, and then Dickerson comes back, Dickerson then we have another schedule to come back next week. And if that's the case again, we still now we got a big dilemma on our hands. We got Reynolds that's hitting the ball very well over the last two Except weeks. Polanco, uh, and so and again, why would we do? Why would the Pirates want to sit Polanco? One of the same reasons. And again, this is my beef that these two players again have just showed a lack of discipline overall, a lack of total hustle at times. But they're um, the two players you sign extensions on their contract. Polanco just signed a couple years and ago. And the reason being, I mean, again, if I'm looking at their athletic ability and their potential, it, it's over the, it's, you know, the sky's the limit. I just don't think that they recognize and they don't play to their full potential. But as far as athletically and talent-wise, those two players have as much talent uh, as any two outfielders in Major League Baseball, almost maybe not you know, Mike Trout and you know some of your best uh, overall players, but the inconsistency and their desire is what I would say sets them apart in the wrong way. Here's what I'm going to say, and this is something that's not entirely going off track, but it has been something we've touched on this evening. Ever since the Pirates' amount of fans attendance has went down in the last four to five years. I think you can definitely say that you've seen the defensive fielding percentage go down with it. I'm not quoting anything. I'm not looking up numbers. But I just feel like the defensive went down there because the players don't get the atmosphere from the crowd. They don't got the boost behind them. They don't jump for balls as much. You'll have have the select few that would do it, Marte being one of them who will die for it. Polanco won't. I don't think I've seen Dickerson do it. I have seen Cabrera do it. Frazier's a man now do it. Bell will try to make a scoop. Has Moran really made a miraculous save? Has Gung Savelli? Uh, I, I don't even know where he's at anymore. <laughs> Gung is actually in the minors. They um, sent him that what happened with Gung is they designate they uh they basically gave him a, a vague injury to put him on the DL and then send him down. So basically when they put him on that DL it keeps him from having to go through waivers when they send him down. Well, so they can send him down and say, well, he's just not performing, and was leave him down in the minors. And, and that's what's going to happen. Well, obviously he was not, Aaron. I mean, ever since he had the issues uh, back in his uh, country that when he left, and then the, there was visa issues at times, but then he ended up with a DUI. The visa issues were because of his DUI. Exactly, from the DUI and from his uh, – Again, some undisciplined nature um, from him. And he he had a really good career ahead of him when he when that year before he got caught up in that DUI and then caused him to basically miss two years of baseball. What did he hit like eighteen home runs or something? Yeah, like he was he looking was really good. Average, and yeah. he he was our next third baseman. Yeah, he was looking very well, and everybody was excited. But it, again, choice it it proves that one choice, one moment, one decision. In your life as a professional athlete can ruin your career, and, and so well, and, and that's the way it should. And that's not being mean to everybody. Believes well, you should have a second chance in life. Well, when you're on such a high pedestal, you got a, a ton and multitudes of fans, young children Absolutely. looking up at person. I was just going to so talk about that. So when something happens. It should be more than a slap on the wrist. It should be something that c- should send a wave through generations to say. 
you will not do this, and if you do, you will suffer the consequences. Well, if there's anybody out there listening right now that is young and talented and, and you know, you're one of your best players on your little league team or your junior high team, your high school team, make good decisions in life because, you know, nobody – you have no idea where working hard and making right choices and decisions will take you, whether it be in sports or whether it be in life. So, you know, a lot of times – this show is always about sports, but a lot of times I think that people want to look up to people and have idols. And, uh, you know, the first person we should look to always is God. But after that, there, you know, there's going to be myself, you know, and I'll just go off the – a little out of the way here, but Larry Bird was big to me, and I want to say this on this show tonight. When Larry Bird was playing uh, at Indiana State, they was undefeated. They lost to Magic Johnson in the 1979 NCAA title game. I wrote my thesis. I wrote uh, you know articles and different things in high school about Larry Bird. The man worked like crazy, um, but the thing was I looked up to him. Whenever Len Bias was drafted from the Maryland Terrapins and going to the Boston Celtics, he signed a million-some-dollar contract. However, he never saw the floor. He never saw the court because he made a decision to do cocaine. I happened to be at Jackson's Mill at Boys State in high school when I heard the news. And unfortunately, again, one decision caused him never to see a professional career. And so people out there, no matter what you're doing, uh, you know, it's hard. I was a young person once, made, made a lot of wrong choices. But make the right choices, do well in life, work hard, and you'll benefit and the rewards will come. And the right choice is not always the easiest choice to make. It may cause you to go against your gut sometimes. It may cause you to break a habit or something. But the best choice is not the not always the easiest choice. And it just goes the same with the truth will set you free. And I think the truth will set you free and the best choice is not the easiest choice are two of the most are two of the biggest statements that have a staple on my morals. Um, I, I've changed myself and how I look at things. I try to be a lot more simple with the way I think, try not to overthink them and just try to do the best and what I can. And what will be is what will be. I, if it's out of my control, I don't worry about well, it anymore. Well, I think it's good that we can bring life into to this program because, you know, we talk about sports and that's why we do this. However, again, I think that life decisions are so important. And, you know, I think that any announcer or anybody that's doing uh, anything to do with uh, life, you know, sports is, again, it's just, it's a way to cope sometimes. Some people use sports as a way to cope with life. Oh, and that's and, why I tell people, and like yeah. I said, I'm not trying to get off topic. I know we kind of took a little bit of a... Uh, we took a detour, took but it's a, okay. It's a, a good, it's a good for, detour. took a little fork in the road with uh, Jung Ho Gung and his bad decision right. in life. That's the same way with me. If I'm stressed, if I'm having a bad moment, the biggest stress or relief for me is not video games. It's not hunting or anything. It's either going to Milan Pushkar Stadium, going to PNC Park or something, watching the ball, watching watching the ball game play out and deal with life later. And so when you go to that as your own stress reliever, you want to see those people, those players that's there that's playing that game before you. You want to see them make good well, choices and, and decisions good, in and, life. And just like when I told you, when you go to Milan Pushkar Stadium – and this is how much I count my stars every day. And yet again, this is going into a deeper topic. I told somebody I was sitting beside the game. I was like, you realize how lucky we are. Now, if anybody's familiar with the Milan Pushkar Stadium, there's a Ruby Memorial Hospital that sets off to the right or left, whichever way you're sitting in the, into the stadium. How many people, when you're watching that football game, is fighting for their life inside Absolutely. that hospital? And you got 65,000 people, fans just screaming, spending 10 bucks on beverages, spending five bucks on hamburgers or hot yes. dogs and they're worried about this game and how the mountaineers are going to turn out but yet you got somebody over here who could be fighting, dying fighting for their life absolutely so it brings 
things into perspective, and I'm glad that we kind of hit that road tonight. And I think it's something you know, it's not something we speak about a lot, but you know, life is important. We should never take it for granted. We should never take it uh, for granted or advantage of the opportunities we've been given in life. So, uh, again, I'm, I'm looking. I'm just looking forward to the Mountaineer baseball game this weekend. I'm looking forward to the Pirate game this weekend. And uh, unfortunately, again, they're going to be the same night. Uh, we did not know that when we. Uh, uh, decided to get tickets for that Friday but game that the Mountaineers. Yeah, we had no idea that the Mountaineers would be hosting a regional uh, this Friday night. But uh, it's good uh, bad news. It, it is, but it's it's all it's all good to me overall. And uh, so we're going to get the opportunity to watch the Pirates again, who's still competing and only four games out as as we speak, uh, as well as the Mountaineers having an opportunity to win this regional and go to this, basically the Sweet Sixteen version of the NCAA tournament, as though we would say in basketball. Uh, but anyway, I'm really looking forward to it, Aaron. And again, it's uh, it's always an honor and a privilege to be here with you to to speak sports and uh, in this case tonight, a little bit about life. Yeah, and that's one thing I tried to. This is kind of a de-stressing moment for me. Uh, this Pirates game is going to be a big de-stressing moment before I have to go through a yearly commitment that I have to do. It's something that it's kind of hard going through it when you're in it, but once you get to come home and you're realizing you're coming home, it's like a big sense of accomplishment that you make. It's something that I don't like when I first started, but when I realize, hey, I only got two days left and then I get to come home and see my wife, it's it's just something that really just feels like it sets you free. But with that, uh, we've ran out of time. We've ran over our half hour, but... I think this podcast is starting to turn into a more of a longer podcast because we're, That's we're okay. talking more, and, and, I, and I like it. I want to thank our sponsors, Three Guys Fitness in Reedsville. Mention you heard this ad on 96.7 K-Country. Receive $5 off your initial membership fee. Buy shortcuts in Morgantown, the closest barbershop to the downtown WVU campus, offering a $12 haircut on Tuesdays. And by Brouhaha, located on Price Street here in Kingwood, West Virginia, where the coffee beans are roasted in-house and the coffee beans are absolutely delicious. For Kelly Gamble, I am Aaron Host, and I'll talk to you guys again next week.